census taker once tried to test me. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. I'm your host, Patrick Rahal, but you can call me Patsy the Angry Nerd. And we are here in the Pat Cave of Magenta Manor, brought to you by Deadly Grounds Coffee and part of the Dorkening Podcast Network. Uh, I am here, of course, not by myself. I'm here with my co-host in life and the co-host on the show. She is the Baroness of Bordeaux, the Countess of Cabernet, the Mistress of Marlowe, the Queen Regent of Rosé, the Sorceress of... Sauvignon Blanc. Okay, see, you just need to stick to what you know because every time you That's try to I, get all fancy but I, I done and that add one something new, you forget the rest. I didn't forget it. You interrupted me. I was on a roll. I was on a roll. That was a, that was a lot of S's. I'm sorry, sir. Are you a snake? Sometimes. Always avoid alliteration. Uh, she is also the Michael Phelps of wine, the... Real Housewife of Transylvania, the Queen of the Monsters, and an Honorary Lizzie, ladies and gentlemen, it's uh, Ashes Von Nightmare, who is ungrateful for all of her nicknames. Pass the cranberry sauce for having mashed potatoes. Ooh, the turkey looks great. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for being there. Thank you for loving me. Everyone's thinking. The whole world's thinking you for thanking us for thanking you. Kill the turkey. I mean, don't kill the turkey, but, you know, do do what you want. I don't know. Happy Thanksgiving for those who celebrate. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's Thanksgiving, and uh, we are thankful for you guys checking out the show today. Or, you know, tomorrow, whenever day you're, you're listening to this. We are thankful that Sitting you listen line, to us every week. Standing in line for Black Friday shopping. Oh, I love Black Friday hoping, shopping. Hoping to get... Uh, a cheap toaster, or uh, our 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 goal this year is uh, air fryer. Air fryer. Oh, Black Friday is my cardio. Oh yeah, that that uh, thing I was just telling you, the air fryer we we're looking at, it's online. Oh, it's on. Oh, it's online, so we don't have to wait in line. Oh, even better. Yeah, I was just trying to win one in a group, but I didn't win. Sorry, right. uh, we can just buy one, but uh, but yeah. So we uh, we've been watching a lot of. Uh, Bob's Burgers lately because they do the way the Simpsons do Halloween specials Bob's Burgers does Thanksgiving specials which makes sense because Bob loves Thanksgiving and with these these specials they usually have special songs attached to them that just are just so great yeah like there's always uh, or sometimes Bob gets trashed on absinthe and Lance What's he say? I don't know. He's just muttering. <laughs> but yeah, um, we wanted to uh, to bring a little bit of our our enjoyment of these episodes because we're like, you know, we've covered so much of the Belcher family, 
and we've covered so many of their exploits. But you came up with a really good uh, a question this week. So what's your what's your question? That ha- one does not have. That was a really terrible segue. Sure, it does. It was a terrible segue. No, it doesn't. Amateur. Amateur. Yeah. It's my first day. Yeah, but anyways, uh, because it's Thanksgiving, and we're going to be talking Tina Belcher from Bob's Burgers and her Thanksgiving exploits, and you know other other adventures. We wanted to know, in your opinion. What are or which television series had the best Thanksgiving episodes? Yeah, and we had uh, quite a few uh, responses. Um, so our our buddy uh, Phil from Dark Discussions and um, uh, Creator Spotlight said, "I feel terrible, but I don't watch much TV shows, and when I was a kid, I forget all the Thanksgiving episodes." And I said, there's no need to feel bad. Like, you know, you, you don't watch a lot of TV. We don't watch a lot of TV. Like, the Bob's Burger stuff that we've been watching, we've been watching for years. So This is true. Uh, the Simpsons actually did a Thanksgiving episode a, a while back, but it wasn't that great. It wasn't that great. Because it was supposed to be like a treehouse of horror, but they were doing, like, Thanksgiving cornucopia of consternation. I don't know. Uh, but that's what Phil said. Uh, what have you got? So our friend Tim, formerly of the uh, Unchained podcast. Ah, the kid Tim Nice. Yes. Uh, he says the Cheers Thanksgiving Orphans episode. You know, I don't remember that. I, I, don't I grew either. I grew up watching a lot of Cheers because my, my parents were fans of that and watched that. Uh, but I, I don't... Maybe that's a, that's a show I might have to revisit in my adulthood and... You know. Taxi too. Uh, he says the office wuphf dot com. Uh, that episode. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm. And he said the Sopranos. He has risen. I haven't watched any of the I've Sopranos. I've never watched I any of the Sopranos. I feel like, uh, you know, and I, I like all that, like, mob gangster stuff because I feel like I would make a really good mob wife. Like, I, I, I may have missed my calling in life. I look good in fur. I mean, fake fur, but I look good in fur. I can keep a secret. And I know how to hide a body. Uh, and our buddy Alex DiVincenzo agrees with Tim Nice uh, with the Office WUPHF episode. Okay. Uh, we have uh, author Steve Van Sampson, a good friend of ours, good friend of the show, uh, just sent a gif of uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, no no explanation, but like apparently there's a bunch of people sitting around a table. One of them is uh, tied up to a chair. Uh, I'm guessing he's probably one of those vampires, but I don't know. I never watched the show, so I'm not overly familiar, but that's his choice. Um, so our friend Joe uh, posted a gif, and I'm kind of embarrassed to say I don't know what this is. That looks like WKRP in Cincinnati. Joe Lemieux, Okay, filmmaker. so I've heard about Johnny that, Fever, but I've actually never seen Weren't we in Wegmans the other day, and you saw somebody with a shirt? A WKRP in Cincinnati shirt, and I was like, that's a red shirt. Like, I was like, yeah, thanks. I don't know I if that's like, what he sounded like. But. Uh, Oh, no. uh, but also, um, mm. our friend Heather says WKRP in Cincinnati when they did the turkey drop. Oh, my God, from a helicopter. Oh, yeah. Uh, and she said, followed closely by Bob's Burgers. Um, so, our friend Colleen said Garfield and Friends or How I Met Your Mother. Uh, Garfield and Friends, I don't 
think they get enough uh, recognition when it comes to their holiday episodes. Yeah, I, I uh, well, the Christmas one's excellent. Yeah, um, yeah, Grandma's Letters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a really good one. And the back scratcher. Yeah. Yep. Yep. He makes for Odie. Odie makes oh, for him. Odie makes for him. Yes. Um. Yeah, I mean, there's the Charlie Brown Thanksgiving, but that one was kind of weird. The Mouse and the Mayflower. You ever watch that one? No. It's kind of like the story of Thanksgiving, but like anglicized and like told from the perspective of a mouse. Okay. You've never seen that? No, it used I to haven't. Be on no. All the time. Well, I'm also older than you, so. Uh, it came from the 508, said, uh, any holiday episode of Married with Children was absolute gold. There was one that immediately popped to mind. It was a Christmas episode. It was very similar to It's a Wonderful Life, but instead of, like, a kindly old angel that came down, like Clarence in, in It's a Wonderful Life, it was Sam fucking Kinnison as Al Bundy's guardian angel. And the episode basically ended with... He's like, well, I was trying to show you what life would be like if you'd never been born, but you know, I, you know, everybody's got such a great, great life. I can't think of a single reason for you to go on living. And, and I was like, are you kidding me? After everything that those people did to me, you think I'm gonna let them have a great life? It's like, no, 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 send me back. <laughs> so he royally fucked his family over. <laughs> Instead of Peggy being married to Jefferson and like them moving into a mansion. He's like, no, fuck that. Like, <laughs> but the kids were exactly the same, except uh, Kelly said she was frigid, which was weird, and I didn't understand at the time because I only knew it to mean cold. But yeah, so uh, what else you got? Uh, so our buddy TJ said Bob's Burgers for me consistently has had a lot of fun episodes for Thanksgiving. One has Bob acquiring a special turkey and the gas goes out and has to cook it in the alley. Yep. Although the early Thanksgiving episodes of Roseanne where all the families are together and a huge fight breaks out where Dan's mother brings her younger beau. That more resembles my family. I never had a burger joint. Yeah, me neither. Um, and just to kind of tie in with that, our friend Andrea Wolanin said Bob's Burgers. Uh, your cousin Ethan also said Bob's Burgers. And my sister said Bob's Burgers. A lot, no of, surprise people, there. A lot of people. I mean, it, they consistently make really good Thanksgiving episodes year after year. Oh, and our friend Rocky also said WKRP. Um, Isaac says, uh, cheers, but a different episode, the Thanksgiving food fight. And uh, James Milliken says, Family Matters. I do not recall a Family Matters Thanksgiving wow. episode. Wow. That's like a, I, I, that's a show I have not thought of in like a really long time. I have only because there's like some new strain of weed that Jaleel White has put out with Snoop Dogg. Something like Purple Purple Urkel. Urkel. Some, something like that. Yeah, that's, I mean, you know, whatever, whatever works. Uh, he was in, uh, I think Mega Shark versus Crocosaurus. I think he was in he was in one of those movies. Maybe he was a shark ex uh, croc expert. Shark ex that is a huge spider crawling on that hat over there. What? Do you see him? No. See where that little design is, just to the right of that. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay, we need to pause this. You need to go kill something. Um. 
But yeah, so kill it with fire. We're gonna go, go, go get it, go get it. I, I'll, I'll, I'll say this last thing. Okay. Um, uh, our friend Tracy, speaking of Charlie Brown, she said Charlie Brown, and Charlie Brown's really a classic. And oh my God, where did that spider go? Where did it go? Oh my God. Oh my God, it's gonna eat. It's gonna eat my family. It's as big as my head. That that is a huge spider. Huge spider. Oh my God! It just took Patsy's arm off. Oh Save yourself! No, he killed it. Thank you. You're welcome. You know, I, I have this weird thing with spiders. Like, I'm, I'm trying to... I'm trying to like spiders more. I really am. Most of them are helpful, especially in your house. You know, they eat the bugs and can can keep your house relatively clean when it comes to, you know, other other pests and bug life and stuff. But I like they just they're, they're just creepy, man. They're just so creepy. So creepy with their like little legs and their little feelers and their big bodies. Like oh, I'm a spider. I'm pretty sure that spider was like the size of Godzilla. It really was. I, I'm not lying. I'm not kidding. Like that was that was a Godzilla-sized spider. Where's Mothra when you need her? So it's okay for you to exaggerate the size of bugs and arthropods, but when I do it, you know, it's it's ridiculous. And my life was in danger. I was being threatened. You were never in danger. I was. I in was danger. here the whole time. I was in danger. Oh, my God. This I needed is, assistance. This is like yesterday when we were taking the trash out, and we walked over to the dumpster, and she heard some rustling. There was like, because we have, you know, coyotes and foxes and rabbits and things, because uh, we live um, near where we live is protected wetlands, so there's a lot of, you know, animals in there, you know, deer and whatnot, and we heard something moving around. And I was like, all right, don't worry, I'll protect you. She's like, oh, 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 and she was laughing. I was like, yeah, you laugh, but as soon as you heard that, you got right behind me because that's what you were expecting. I ain't stupid. Yeah, but I can run faster than you. You think so? I'm pretty sure. Well, I am asthmatic, so that's a problem. Plus, I could knock you down. If you see me running, you should probably also you, be yeah, running. You should. If, yeah. if I'm running, eh. like something's chasing me. Eh. So... But yeah, that's a pretty good spot to, to stop. So we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to start talking about Tina Belcher from uh, Robert's Berger's. And uh, we'll Why be right back. What is with the pronunciations? Pronunciation? Pronunciations. Yeah. We'll be right back. Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. Do you have a hankering for horror knowledge? We have such sights to show you. Do you require raging retro reviews? Do you desire discussions with devastatingly dashing dorks? The Dorkening Podcast Network has nearly 30 shows to satisfy all of your nerdy, geeky, and dorky needs. 
from horror reviews and celebrity interviews. Hi, I'm Adam Green, the director of the Hatchet Films and the star of Allison. Hi, this is Dominic Pace, who played the bounty hunter Gecko from The Mandalorian. Hi, I'm Mike Price. I'm a writer on The Simpsons. I co-created Epis for Family. Hi, guys. This is Dee Wallace from E.T. and Cujo. Hi, my name is Kurando Mitsutake, director of Gun Woman and Karate Kill. Hi, this is Samantha Newark, the voice of Jem and Jerrica from the original Jem and the Holograms cartoon series. As well as nostalgic trips into the past, pop culture, the latest in entertainment news, and so much more. Featuring a variety of shows and hosts that will simultaneously enrage, enlighten, and entertain you. Check out the Dorkening Podcast Network. My mom says I'm cool. Available on iTunes, Spotify, thedorkening.com, and wherever fine podcasts can be found. T is for the wagons, take my breath away. I is for the way, I like it when you take my breath away. And is for no one else takes my breath away. And A is for asthma. That is a disease that takes people's breath away. And we are back. Uh, that, of course, was the song that Jimmy Jr. sang to Tina when he was trying to uh, get her to choose him over Josh. Because, you know, obviously we're going to discuss it, but... Tina has a, a long-standing crush on Jimmy Jr., but he hasn't always been the most reciprocal when it comes to, uh, you know, their feelings for each other. But as soon as another boy likes her and, like, shows her any attention, he's right there like, oh, I decided I want to go with you to the dance. You know, when he he's said... He's a dick. When he said A is for asthma, that is the disease that takes people's breath away, like, I felt that in my soul and it's my true. lungs. Yes. Yes, uh, speaking from the heart uh, and other body parts. But yeah, so um, Tina Belcher, she is the 13-year-old eldest child of Bob and Linda on Fox's animated series, Bob's Burgers. She is such a really fantastic character. And I love the the layers that she has. Uh, so just kind of like a little bit of a backstory. So... When the show was initially pitched to Fox, it was uh, they they did like a three minute short and they were a family of cannibals that turned their victims into burgers and ate them. And the t uh, the character of Tina was actually a teenage boy. So instead of having an eldest daughter, they had an eldest son named Dan, also voiced by Dan Mintz. Um, when Fox picked up the show, they were like, hey, let's nix the cannibalism because that, that might be a little a little too dark. Uh, and that's actually where the idea for the first episode comes from. They kind of tie that into you know, the, the series. But for some reason, they decided to make the elder boy an elder girl, and her name is Tina, and she's still voiced by Dan Mintz, and she's fantastic. Yeah, and what's funny is if I if I read the notes correctly, uh, 
Dan Mintz used the exact same voice for Tina as for Dan. Yes. Yeah. Um, which is uh, not far off from his natural speaking voice. Well, same with Gene, played well, by I mean, Eugene it, Merman. Same with John Benjamin. Well, John you Benjamin mean, has, like his voice. He has one John voice. Benjamin has never changed his voice for any character, and somehow it's always perfect for every single one of them. This is true. It's so weird, but like he's he's always like whether he's Carl from uh from um Family Guy, whether he's Bob, whether he's Archer, whether he's the guy from uh home movies, it doesn't matter. He is always exactly the right voice for the character. It's uncanny how go from, you know, you know, burger slinging slop shop owner to suave sophisticated super spy. There's more of those S's you like. Mm. Um or like convenience store guy who's obsessed with, you know, old movies. Like it doesn't matter. He's this he's his voice is perfect for but every you know one what? of those Good characters. For him. Worcester's own John Benjamin. He finds work and that's great. Yeah, he's a guy I would like to work with. And fun fact, the two daughters on Bob's Burgers, Louise we already covered uh and tina tina and louise they are named after actor tina louise who was the original ginger from gilligan's island yeah well that i knew oh well um, a lot of the women on that show are played by men yes gretchen is larry murphy uh john roberts played not the supreme court justice a different one plays linda look at the tree like and jocelyn Jocelyn. Um, yeah, but in the same vein, the Silverman sisters do the voices of Andy Indian and Ollie. And John Benjamin does change his voice around for some of the ancillary characters like uh, Miss LeBond, Jimmy Jr., um, you know, some random characters you hear now and then. But um, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, listening to these guys and like hearing the voices and it's like you know that like kind of like with uh john dimaggio mm. like well i mean like yeah uh bender sounds very similar to jake the dog from adventure time who sounds very similar to marcus phoenix from gears of war i know you don't yeah know I, that i've played that, that a little bit uh here and there but yeah like they but again those voices are perfect for the characters that he's playing so i think it's interesting and so making pancakes so making tina making pancakes tina is 16 she's 13 she's 16 uh in tina years <laughs> i don't know why i think she's six i always she's think the 13. kids are they older. have her 13th birthday and like this they have like four season, birthdays for season. her yeah but like it, they don't she, she doesn't age she's had one birthday but like eight thanksgivings how does that work? How does that work? Suspension of disbelief. Oh, I disbelieve that. Well, suspend it. Um, <laughs> You're suspended. <laughs> so I love the character of Tina because she's she's really multifaceted. So at uh, face value, you know, you think of her as this kind of awkward, nerdy quirky. teenage girl. Yeah, very quir- the quirky turkey. Uh, I can't. I'm too quirky. Um 
but she's more than that. And she comes out with these different spurts of uh, heroism and confidence. And sometimes she says something that's just like, oh, hey, yeah, that's cool. Like, you know, but she also causes a lot of problems for the family. Well, I mean, she is absolutely boy crazy. Well, and it gets her into her, the cormorants. The cor- oh, the cormorants. <laughs> it was the cor- yeah, she cannot lie for shit. Uh, but she's absolutely boy crazy and gets her into a lot of trouble. And the fact that she cannot cope with the slightest inconvenience without absolute like again going back to the driving thing where she's out with Bob and like they're running an errand and he's like oh you can drive in this parking lot like there's no one else in the parking lot and she starts doing that weird groaning thing uh, you know like uh, uh, and then like somehow can't figure out how to just stop the car even though Bob's telling her stop the car just step on the brake step on the brake step on the brake you know he starts off like very calmly it's like okay just turn the wheel a little bit you're aiming directly towards the only other car in the parking lot just turn the wheel a little bit you'll be fine and she starts doing that thing which really like puts everybody else on edge and then somehow manages to hit the only other car in the parking lot and then spazzes out and forces Bob to come up with some crazy story about what happened. Like, a butterfly flew in, and then a cormorant, and then, like, you know, this happened, and that. It's like, shut up. Like, you caused this problem, and you're only making it worse. I mean, she does eventually solve the problem that she caused by recording the guy. Yeah, but she's also, she's 13. Right. But she could handle things a little bit better than that. She's 13. Look at her family. She's 13. You expect her to handle situations better than that? Yes, because her eight-year-old sister does it better. Or nine. She's nine? She's eight. She's either eight or nine-ish. She's not 10. No, and Jean is 11. Uh. But she's absolutely boy crazy, and that's like her number one thing. She loves butts, and she loves writing erotic friend fiction. All right, Louise is nine. Louise is nine. Yeah, she does write a lot of erotic friend fiction, which is... (sighs) You know what? Good for her. Good for her. She, She is in touch with her... Uh, emotions and she is in touch with her her feelings and she gets it out she gets it out in a, in a healthy way she writes about it Jean is 11 okay so there's two two years between each one of the kids I was just double checking and sometimes zombies happen and she makes out with the zombies unless they are uh, moaning with the uh, sex sounds of her grandparents Oh yeah, that's weird. Yeah, she doesn't like that. But her her primary target, the uh, boy Object that of she her affection. yeah, is the boy that she has major hard eyes for is Jimmy Junior Pesto, who just happens to be the eldest son of Bob's rival nemesis, Jimmy Pesto, frenemy, so to speak. No. Bob is nice to him, and he's a complete dickhole. So. Um, I know they have, like, this rivalry going, but, like, Bob has been good to him on multiple occasions while Jimmy is just being the fixing the 
spare tire and uh you know while he's fixing the spare tire like jimmy's still like harassing him and giving him shit and it's like i would have been like fine fuck yourself walk home from here i'm not helping you but bob continued to do it or when Jimmy threw his back out and Bob brought him food and gave him medicine and played with his slot cars. Okay, but we're not talking about Bob. I know. We're talking about Tina. But I was just, you know, giving giving some background because it's one of those, you know, Montagues and Capulet type situation where they don't want their children intermingling. Well, I... Yeah. They're so well, I mean the Belchers are a little more understanding. Like they get it. They think it's cute and it's innocent. You know, Jimmy Jr. was her first kiss at her thirteenth birthday party that Bob shaved his mustache for so Jimmy Jr. could go. Because that was the only way Jimmy Pesto Senior would let Jimmy Pesto Jr. go. You know, and and Jimmy Jr. kinda has this like Behind closed doors, it's okay, but, like, when they're around their friends or at school, like, not so much. He's really wishy-washy towards her. Yeah, which is a scumbag thing to do. You know, and, like, yeah, you know, what you said, it's, it's you know, when... When it's convenient. Right, and, and but when another boy shows interest in Tina, like Josh... The dancer that she met in the milk crate of the, the grocery store. The milk, not the milk crate, the milk fridge. The, the, the milk thing. Milk fridge. The, the, they, were, they were doing dairy together. They were in the milk fridge. Definitely not a milk crate. <laughs> milk fridge. Oh, he bit but, me. I was being a jerk and he was just being a turtle. But anyways, she has this conundrum because two boys asked her. Well, no. One she boy asked, asked her. She asked Jimmy Jr. and got a soft maybe. Because he wanted to keep this his options boy, open. Yeah, this boy asked Josh. Tina. Josh. Josh, wow. Uh, asked Tina to the dance, to his school dance. And she said, don't you want to keep your options open? And he's like, no, I want to go with you. You know, and she was kind of taken aback by that. And then as soon as she let jimmy jr know that he's like oh i've decided right now that i want i want to go with you right and then jimmy jr ends up at the school of the other kid the dance school school for performing farts yes (laughs) and they engage in a dance-off to win tina's heart and it doesn't work because tina gets too greedy and tries to get uh, them into a throuple and they are not down for that and so they just dance and she goes home buttless. She goes home buttless. No butts. There's also her obsession, boys for now. Yes, boys, boys for the for present, the present time. time. <laughs> yeah, boys for now is the uh, you know like in sync. You know the 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 uh, apotheosis of all boy bands. Whereas yes. like there's one guy who's like 17. He's like, oh, my daughter's just like you. <laughs> <laughs> That's Alan. She's an Alan Caholic. My mom's an Alan Caholic. <laughs> Zeke. Um, she's also a member of the Boo Crew. Yes, uh, she's a Boo Boo Booster. Boo Boo Booster. <laughs> she brings. Uh, she helps 
uh, her sister Louise through her first crush because she has a crush on Boo Boo and the way she, uh, she wants just to, to slap him. She wants to slap him. That's the way she shows her affection. Oh, is slapping she wants to slap him in his beautiful face. His beautiful stupid face. Punch him in his handsome groin. <laughs> That's what Linda said about Jimmy Jimmy Pesto Senior. Then there's Daryl. So Daryl is a character. He's one of Tina's classmates. He's kind of in and out. He's the one who helps Bob win at Burger Boss. He's played by um, the dude. Aziz Ansari. Aziz Ansari. I couldn't think of his name. So there's this episode where they pretend to be a couple because apparently the couple who goes on to win Cupid's couple pretty much has their pick of anybody. Yeah, they, they then they stage a messy breakup and then... But like she develops feelings for him, but it's not real because they're they're pretending because he likes somebody else and she was doing this. This was a whole ploy to get Jimmy Jr. to like her more. And he wanted uh, who's that? What's the name? Um, Sophie. No, like so. Spicy. Oh, Mitch. Martina. I don't remember her name. I Anyways, don't know, but she liked math and video games and video games and stuff. Uh, but yeah, but the, the, that whole situation just went awry, and you know she um, allows herself to get swept up in a lot of things. A lot pretty of much any time someone shows her any attention, as we see in the episode the, uh, again. Speaking of boys for now, boys for now, for now, uh, where. One of the boys for now, Boo Boo, decides to leave, and you know, boys for now comes out with an album called Three is More Than Four, and it does terribly. So they have open auditions, and Tina goes down there because she accidentally bumps into somebody, and she's like, Oh, he's my soulmate. It was like Dominic or something, sure, S- something around it. Yeah, Dylan, well, I mean, Doug. I think it was Dylan, but here's the thing the names don't matter. Because it's because she goes down there and every single boy that looks at her or talks to her, she's like having these, you know, Could fantasies. Could you be the one? Yeah, like you know, soaring through rainbow skies on a majestic Pegasus, like for oh everybody. Oh my God, are we falling in love at first sight? Like you know, every like single that. guy who even like if she bumps into him or looks at him or like. You know, she, oh my God! You sneezed on me. Yeah, are like, you the one? She's she's so over her head and like, uh, she's like testosterone. No, you didn't, because she was like, she didn't know what she was doing. She was in in a in a world of trouble uh, in that episode. But like, that's how she's even. The only one she's able to resist is Zeke, and I think they're going to end up together in the movie. Well, I mean. Zeke constantly says, I'm going to get you. I'm going to wear you down, girl. Because um, she does do, she gets him out of detention because he was wrongly put into detention because he was stealing the, uh, or borrowing oh, the, uh, mascot. Borrow the mascot because his, his grandma grandmother... was going in for surgery. Yes, yes. And she was in the nursing home and she has this thing. Mascots make her happy. That's she was a mascot, and that's how she met uh, his grandfather. Yes, they were mascotting around, and um, yeah. Uh, so Tina also has like a bit of a rivalry on occasion with her siblings because they tend to catch her doing the things that she's not supposed to, and they take full advantage. Like when she was a hall monitor, mm-hmm. 
Well, they got like the uh, unlimited hall pass or whatever it was. Um, so they could just like go in the halls and do whatever they want because she was very stringent. She stuck to her her uh, her guns as far as you know giving the kids you know detentions or demerits or whatever. You know, sliding down the uh, sliding down the banister, this and that, and that's that same Zeke episode, and that's why you know she, it was so out of character, and that's why Zeke said like, "I'm gonna get you. You think we're not gonna end up together, but I'm gonna wear you down. I'm gonna get you." Uh, Zeke is also the mad pooper, which she investigated, and they wouldn't let her on the news team. Well, I mean, so Tina's very awkward, but she also has a lot of aspirations, and she tries out to be a member of the team news squad, and she wants to be a news anchor. She's trying to take it very seriously, uh, accidentally wears a green blazer, not realizing there was going to be green screen, and she was a floating head. Um, ah, paranormal activity. <laughs> uh, but here's the thing. She wasn't terrible at it, but she didn't quite have the attitude that some of the other kids had, you know, primarily Tammy, her frenemy, uh, and Jocelyn, who's, you know, just a complete airhead who just exists for the sole purpose of Tammy to have a puppet. Yeah, she just part. does whatever. Um you know, and, and, and Tina looks at what the morning news has become and says, this isn't news. Like, this isn't what, she, you know, this isn't important. You know, who's dating who is not really that important. You know, who, oh, God, what's his name? Why am I drawing a blank? Um, they were going to play when they had, like, the straw band. They were going to play his birthday party. Peter Pescadero. Peter Pescadero. No. They don't care who Peter Pescadero no. is taking to prom. No, 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 no. Peter Pescadero is a kid who was, uh, he taught him to pop and lock. Gene taught him to pop and oh, lock. Oh, yeah, with the beef squatch mask. Oh, what is the fuck Peter is his Pescadero? name? The popular kid. Because uh, he was dating everybody. Yeah, yeah, he has. Julie like, deserves better. He has like everybody, but anyways, uh, she takes it upon herself because she realizes by doing some sleuthing with the help from the uh, janitor that she's friends with, and that's another thing too. She's friends with the janitor at school. That's yeah, a Mr. Thing. Mr. Branca, who used to be president until yeah, cool. <laughs> He uncovers uh, some poo on his shoe, and she realizes that uh, it's someone who's been like, how did they track it all the way in unless they did it in the library? Right. So she starts sleuthing and, you know, figures out that it's somebody who is intentionally doing it uh throughout the school and then come to find out it's it's zeke and uh but not before she was accused of being the mad pooper me tina are mad pooper yeah and <laughs> but uh you know by the cool kids the popular kids you know running the news because this caca want, is gaga they didn't want her bogarting their news station and they didn't even want to give her an opportunity which is kind of messed up you know tina's one of those people who will give you a million chances so 
like her frenemy Tammy uh they kind of have a love-hate relationship like they're really in competition with each other but at the same time like her drive is solely based on the fact that Tammy also wants to do it and vice versa yeah, like the sparkle jelly bracelets. The sparkle jelly bracelets, the babysitting, that monstrous child. Yep. With the bear that talks like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tina's bar, oh, not Tina, well, it became Tina's bar mitzvah, but Tammy's bar mitzvah. Yep. You um, know, uh, that whole situation where... That's because nobody wants to in- involve her with anything. And she ends up getting in there and, like, crazy shit happens. How about Jeff? Jeff. Yeah. Jeff, that that whole thing with, with Jeff was... Uh... Jeff, the ghost living in a shoebox? Yeah. Um... And Tina believed he was real. And then Tammy stole Jeff. Like, so Tina, okay. So this was a whole thing, right? Yeah, this right? was a weird so, thing. So uh, they thought that the restaurant freezer was haunted. They captured the ghost in a shoebox, named him Jeff. Tina starts dating the ghost in the shoebox uh she starts getting attention tammy gets jealous tammy's like hey let me see jeff oh my god i want to tammy voiced by jenny slate by the way um you know she's like oh my god let me see this box and then like she comes back and she's like oh hey guess what jeff broke up with tina he is dating me now and it's this whole thing uh jealous and boyfriend stealing over a suspected ghost in a box and come to find out it wasn't even a ghost in a box louise made it all up yeah because they were playing with a um what you call it um Jesus Christ. Uh, the thing. Lenny DiStefano is the name of the kid. Lenny DiStefano. I had to yes. Yahoogle it. Um, Ouija board. They were playing with a Ouija board. Yes. And everyone was accusing everybody else of moving it. And Jeff likes soup. <laughs> Jeff likes soup. Well, and just, Tina likes soup, and they just had so much in common. They went to the butterfly place, and the lady thought that Tina was eating the butterflies. <laughs> Yeah. No, they weren't. Oh she my god, wasn't. are you this kiss whispers? Kispers? Yeah, kispers. Yeah, she was she's a weird kid. She's a weird kid. You she's a weird kid, but she marches to her own beat and that's just fantastic. I mean, you know, she obviously gets into some trouble along the way. Like during the whole uh food truck thing where Tina becomes Dina. Yeah, because she has her Tina talks like this. Dina, Dina talks, talks like, like this. this, which there was no discernible difference. No, but you know, somebody misheard her, called her Dina, and she was like, "Oh, she wear, let wore me her barrette on the, on other, the side. other side." Yeah, she took on this whole alternate personality. She was more daring as Dina. Yeah, and Dina's here to take your order. Does it pair well with an IPA? It pairs well with all letters. <laughs> IRS, <Yes>. ABC. <laughs> yeah, like. She was just answering like all these different questions. Uh, it's grass-fed soy bison. <laughs> <laughs> 
But again, well, because be, of was, that desire and that need. She's a people pleaser. She just she wants to please you because she wants to be part of the in crowd. And she will do whatever it takes and like immediately regret the decision that she does. Like when she decides she wants her legs waxed and Bob mm-hmm. has to do it. And she immediately regrets doing it because, oh, furry friends. Oh, they're my my leg hairs are my friends. Like she she anthropomorphizes fucking everything. Everything. She has an active imagination. Right. But she does it for everything. Like we just watched the one last night where she dissected the fetal pig and she wanted to be cool. So they were because her pig looked kind of jacked up so everybody was making fun of it and she never slept because she was so racked with guilt over making fun of a, a fetal pig that she had to dissect that they started looking into curses and like removing curses and like it was this whole thing like it and it turns out it was just because she felt bad for being a jerk just to fit in but she was trying to fit in so she'd go on the friggin' haunted hayride and make out with jimmy jr like she's very conflicted like listen it's it's ovaries before broveries and she knows that if if men had if boys had uteruses they'd, they'd be, be called, called deuteruses <laughs> that's part of her her uh <laughs> Her Your, diary. Her her very thorough and extensive diary keeping. Everybody always that, reads her uh, diary. Everybody reads because it's so entertaining. It's well but, written. But you know what? Here's the thing. She's no hero. She puts her bra on one boob at a time just like everybody else. That's true. That's true. Um, and she also pays for lip balm and doesn't sneak into dog prom. <laughs> no. She doesn't want to be that bad. Uh, she's also a horse girl. She loves horses to the point where she gets to go to horse camp and... She begs, begs and pleads to go to horse camp. And decides that after she cannot form a bond with Plops, who's called that because he shits all the time, uh, she will just ride her imaginary horse, voiced by Paul Rudd. Jericho. Yeah. Jericho's always been there for her, though. And just rides an imaginary horse the whole time. She's also into the equestronauts because they have a bond of friendship greater than any force in the universe. It's true, uh, except she writes equestronauts uh, erotic fiction. Oh, yeah, she does that, too. With zombies. So erotic friend fiction, erotic zombie fiction, and erotic equestronaut fiction. Yeah. um, And gets her dad to uh, dress up as an equestical. It's a, an equestronaut who has testicles. So it's it's poking fun at though not poking Bronies. fun at but uh, yeah it's uh, oh no it's absolutely poking, poking fun, fun at, at the whole like brony culture and stuff. You primp, you groom. <laughs> <laughs> so Bob becomes Bob Cephala in order to get back the ultra Tina's, rare chariot doll. Yeah, the ultra rare chariot doll that has camel toe. Yeah. And that's why it's so rare and so valuable. Uh, and she traded it with one of the equesticals because she didn't realize it was rare. Uh and and he tempted her 
with a with brand a new brand chariot doll. New chariot doll, and she, you know, gave into the temptation. She was like, "Yeah, I want a brand new one. Sure, well, take my old one." She, well, she was kind of like, well, she was she was swindled. Yeah. She was swindled. He took this this long story short. This man dressed as a horse, purple horse. Took advantage of a 13-year-old girl and her toy horse that has camel toe. Yes. And (laughs) he did that because he was collecting the rarest of the rare uh, equestronaut things, uh, figures, and he would kiss them and he believed that made him eternally young. (laughs) <laughs> that you just said a mouthful. Well, I mean that's what uh, he but, did. But I mean, but yeah, that that that's what happened. So Bob dressed up as a horse to get Tina's horse back, uh, which which happens. And she, ended up with a tattoo. Uh, a tattoo. Tattoo. Tattoo him. Uh, she also has a porcelain horse porcelain. named Porcelain. Uh, yeah, she's. She, through and through, like, the whole weird horse girl trope, like, she is absolutely 100% that. Yeah. Well, he doesn't, she doesn't have Horselin anymore. Horselin broke when Tammy came over and they were drinking the shit that, uh, the margarita mix that- Oh, the heavy stuff! Uh, <laughs> the margarita mix that Linda uses for the bird feeders. That yeah, the has hummingbird absolutely feeder. zero alcohol in it, but these kids didn't know any better. Well, the Tina and I met, Gene and Louise did, and they were both using Tina's rain boots to pee and poop in. Oh, God, don't have a crap there. attack. Yeah. Don't be such a boo punch. What was the other thing she said? Don't get your boobs in a twist or something? I don't know. I don't know. But it was like... She was heavily influenced by Tammy when Tammy was the new student because she wanted to be friends with her. This was before Tammy went blonde and became even more awful than she already was. Yeah, and she and, was pretty and, and awful. And to Tina begin was with. trying to like Tina stopped wearing her glasses, even though she couldn't see anything. She started Cutting wearing school. terrible, terrible makeup. You know, as you do when you're 13 years old. Her although three although was apparently grass. kids these days, because of YouTube and Instagram, don't go through that uh, really awkward makeup phase anymore. Her three was grass. Your three was grass. I didn't say it was funny. I said I got it. <laughs> Yeah, using the uh, the family emergency cell phone to text her new quote friends. Uh, yeah, you know, and and she's um, you know, dabbled with witchcraft again, heavily influenced by those around her. Because mm-hmm. uh, what's your face was stealing her amazing uh, idea for uh, Halloween costume. Yeah, she was gonna be a hot mess. Mm-hmm. So and she decided to be a sandwich instead. Hot mess would have been way better, I think. But that's me. She also gets heavily... Like, she's very flighty in the sense that she will be really interested in something... Uh, for a hot minute, and then she does, she's not interested in it anymore. Uh, like Capoeira... Uh, sexy dance fighting. Sexy dance fighting with a gyro. 
Gyro, yes. Uh, ponytail. Ah. Oh, Brazil. Ah. Capoeira was the subject of a uh, of a film called Only the Strong, uh, that was pretty good. Um, I would definitely recommend it. But uh, yeah, she did it weirdly and. Well, the only reason she was really interested in it was because of Gyro. And because of the... She's also weird into, like, B.O. smells. Like, when she was in with all, like, the jock straps and shit and, like, the weird feet <laughs> smell. She's gross. <laughs> like, she... When they were on the, the tour bus for Boys For Now, she was in, like, their laundry hamper and covered with, like, jock straps and underwear and sweatbands. And she's like, oh, I hope this smell never leaves me. Oh, this is so... It's like, no, that's fucking gross. That's gross. You're gross. And you need... You need Jesus. You need Jesus. Tina Belcher needs Jesus. Tina needs Jesus. There's our episode title. She needs Jesus. Um... But really, you know, and kudos to her parents for, you know, kind of uh, enabling some of this. You know, they, they want her to experiment. They want her to be her own person and figure out who she is. And But they also you know, don't want her to be a weird jock-sniffing well, foot well, fetishist. No, no. But, you know, we d- don't yuck someone else's yum. I'm d- She's not hurting anyone. I disagree on some of this. She is hurting people. She is definitely hurting people with some of the things that she does, putting her family in very awkward, strange, and inexplicable situations. She's not hurting anybody with her uh, fandom of... And, and and writing the uh, the the uh, weird fan fiction, yeah, she got her dad tattooed. That's what happened. Just a little bit. It was just a little tattoo. And you know, he was heavily drunk. Like she has caused them to uh, her caffeine addiction. Her caffeine addiction hurt the family. She drank coffee that had a cigarette put out in it. Um. She's she's caused some problems. Her absolute insistence that she has to have a, a, a birthday party, a huge party for her 13th birthday, causing Bob to have to go out and get a second job in which he smoked crack. If she hadn't been like so he also insistent. made friends with transvestite hookers. And uh, when she crashed the car, when... She does a lot of shit that, like, causes Bob to have issues and, you know, does terrible things that... So, yeah, sometimes she does hurt the family. So I'm not I'm not yucking her. I mean, she wants to bury herself in jockstraps and of adolescent <laughs> boys. Like, more power to you, but that's gross. Having been an adolescent boy at one point... Uh, those are not pleasant smells, and that's weird to be around. This is like, oh, this is the best smell ever. I hope it never leaves my nose. No, that's gross. That's gross. That's gross. But she's also the cause of like a lot of good things that happen, like 
the uh, speaking of Thanksgiving, the Thanksgiving episode where she wants to sit at the grown-up table. She doesn't want to sit at the kids' table anymore. And what happens in that one? They go through four turkeys, and a dude tries to have sex with Bob. Okay, but that's not her fault. Yes, it is. That's Bob's fault because he's trying to uh, subconsciously process the fact that his little girl is no longer a little girl. Well, she's that a, and the fact that teenager. he's taking all she those antihistamines. Well, I mean, there's that too. But like, she's she's you know growing up to be a young woman, and you know she doesn't want to sit at the kids' table anymore. And it's not her fault that he decided to. You take the turkey and pretend that it was her potty training it and like throwing the turkey in the toilet. That's partly her fault. It is not her fault. If she didn't want to have, she shouldn't have been born. That's her fault. That is the stupidest argument I've ever heard. Well, what she should do is apologize to Bob and... For what? For being born? Yes. I'm sorry. Dad, I'm sorry I was born and that I'm And that got older. Bob into trouble, too, because he wasn't there because he was working. And he asked Linda how it went. <laughs> Today was your due day? How, how, how'd, it, how'd it go? <laughs> you remember that from the first episode, the yes. pilot? Yes. Uh, but she also let the... Uh, like, the first thing she says is that her crotch is itchy. Like, yes, that, that's, that's how we are introduced that's to That's her very first line. My crotch is itchy. Are you telling me like as bacon. My, are you telling me as my daughter or as my employee? Because my employee should never tell me that, and my daughter probably shouldn't either. And then she definitely goes and tells the health inspector. Um, I don't know. I... Uh, she, I think I still have the same issue where everything everybody does negatively affects Bob, and Bob's always the one who has to deal with it. He gets drugged by his wife. He gets, uh, yeah. I want to be like them, pill-popping sex freaks. And she uses his penis as a divining rod. That thing made the kids. Maybe it can find them. Well, it's a pretty brunette like Catherine Zeta-Jones. Why is it a girl? <laughs> so weird. Um, but yeah, everybody does bad stuff, and I've I've gone over this. But Tina's not. Yeah, but, but here's the thing: Bob is not. Blame. Bob is not innocent either. No, Bob does some stuff, but Bob the stuff that Bob does generally only except when he got high on pain pills and <laughs> fought everyone at the yacht club. But he was kind of egged on by the rest of his family. Hoisting the mizzenmast. You and your peeing races. Um, Mizzenmast. Tina, for all of her flaws, she is... She is typical 13-year-old girl. She is not typical. She is your typical 13-year-old girl. Uh, 13-year-old girls are weird. I know. I used to be one. Yeah, but I, I... I wouldn't go typical. I had a lot of weird crushes. Yeah, but not all like that. Uh, I mean, Every I time a guy talked to you, you were like imagining Are rainbows. You the one? Yeah, no. Um, she is. Uh, I will say, as much as I find her annoying, 
and like exasperating. She's an interesting character, and like you said, she's multifaceted, multi-layered. She's a well-developed character. You know how she's going to respond to certain things, um, and you know she has this core set of values and principles that she always tries to stick to. And when she doesn't, it really fucks with her like Mm -hmm. really badly. Like, you know, we talked about the whole pig thing, uh, which somehow ended up with a Fiona Apple song over the credits. Well, that's because Jean dressed up as Fiona Fiona applesauce for Halloween. Yes. And, and, uh, so they did that with uh, what's her name too, uh, Carly Simon. They got Carly Simon to do it. Uh, you look like Carly Simon. I meant it as a compliment. Um, so yeah, like she's done some good stuff for the family too. Um, but like again, some of the stuff that she's done, the some of the good stuff that she's done has been as a direct result of something that she's caused like she used her thunder girl training to save her parents from a situation that they never would have been in had she not had to be part of the thunder girls oh my god we didn't even talk about the thunder girls i know (laughs) that's so i mean i think we should we should definitely we're gonna have to do a revisit on on tina at some point but tina's one of those characters that she fits really well in the dynamic of her family. But, like, I think she is, of the five Belchers, she is the one with the least amount of agency out of all of the characters because she is so easily manipulated into doing whatever someone else wants. Um, And she generally does it not without question. She generally has a lot of reservations about the things that she's dealing with. But she will crush her own self-esteem and her own uh, self-worth just so someone will pay attention to her. She will compromise everything she believes in just so she could be popular. The other ones don't do that. Gene doesn't give a fuck about popularity. He just wants to do Gene things. Louise is pretty much the alpha of the uh, Belcher kids. Um. And then Bob and Linda, are, Bob and Linda, I mean, they're they're weird, and they have their own dynamic. But it all works. Like, it's just weird seeing the three kids, and trying to realize that they all have the same parents, but they're so different. But I mean, like you said, the three kids—they are so different, but they mesh like. They would be lost without each other. They kind of uh, yin and yang mm-hmm. one another. Um, and it's a really good mix. Yeah. Um, you know, they're belchers from the womb to the tomb. But they generally don't have any... Um, they don't really have any of shared interests. Like, none of the kids really have any shared interests. Like, they might have one or two that overlap between them, but, like, Louise likes boys for now because she likes Boo Boo. She doesn't care for the music. It doesn't matter to her. She just has a crush on Boo Boo. T 
Tina likes the music and has a crush on everybody in the band. Tina and Gene don't have anything in common. Like nothing <sighs> that I, you're racking your brain trying to come up with something that they both do that they both enjoy. The only thing that they Musicals. all have in common that they all have in common that they all like is trick or treating. Mm. Like that's that's the way it is. Uh, it's it's weird, but you know. Uh, it provides a good dynamic because you get three very different reactions to whatever situation happens to be going on in or around the restaurant. So, I mean, that's what I have for, for Tina. I don't know. Do you have anything else you wanted to add or did you, uh, you think this is a good place to stop and then, uh, reveal our battle results? Don't be such a boo punch. I'm going to be a boo punch. What do you think? I think this is a good place to wrap up. Okay. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we have battle results. We have a whole bunch of other fun stuff. So stay tuned. All right. At Strong-Willed Sports Memorabilia and more, our mission is to raise as much money and awareness for pediatric cancer research as possible through the giving away of authenticated autographed sports memorabilia and more. All proceeds from our games will be donated to various pediatric cancer foundations, with the majority going to the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute and the Jimmy Fund. Our mission to give back began when Craig and Kara's son, William, was diagnosed with a stage 4 Wilms tumor, and his courage to fight and overcome his cancer ultimately led to the start of the hashtag strong movement. For more information on how to donate and support this great cause, please visit the hashtag strong sports memorabilia and more Facebook group. That, of course, uh, being the Mad Pooper song, because that whole episode was just really funny. And especially when they showed, like, my diorama got diarrhea I think my favorite might have been the kid with the, the, the trombone. He was blowing really hard and poop came out at the end of it. That one was pretty funny. Uh, what? I'm just going along for the ride with you. Yeah, and... Funny story, when I was looking up on YouTube the uh, the actual clip for that, and I just typed in Mad Pooper, thinking, what else could there possibly be? Oh, there was a bunch of stuff, like, from real life. Apparently, yeah, apparently Mad Poopers happen in real life. It was art imitating life or life imitating art. I'm not sure which one came first, but either way, it was weird. But uh, we have some battle results for you. We do. So last week we threw down I Spy a battle. The badass bombshell beatdown. Which skilled spy has the lethal combination of brains and brawn to defeat their opponents? Special guest referee, John Wick. And you could choose from Lorraine Broughton from Atomic Blonde, Lana Kane from Archer, Emma Peel from The Avengers, or Sydney Bristow from Alias. And... 
Facebook and the Twitters are not in agreement this week. Uh, Lana Kane is the winner on Facebook. Oh, yeah, by However, a big margin. Lorraine Broughton is the winner on Twitter. Oh. What was the uh, the Twitter difference? Because I know it was like 66% for Lana on... Uh... It's 71% for Lorraine oh, wow. on Twitter. What did Lana so, get on that one? Uh, nothing. Wow. Yeah. I'm surprised. So, uh, there you go. No, that's very, uh, very surprising. But, you know, it is, uh, it is what it is. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I could go either way on those. Uh, I think I voted for, for Lana on Facebook. I think a lot of people did, obviously. Uh, so what else we got going on? Well, I got some canned cranberry going on. Yes. I like canned cranberry. Right? Like, what is it about, you know, I, I could do all of this other stuff from scratch. It's, you know, breads and pies and sides. I'm I'm a sides person mm. myself, you know. Give me a green bean casserole, a mashed potato, sweet potato, stuffing, mm. uh, you know, and I, I can just pile all of that on my plate. But... 10 out of 10 times I will get the canned cranberry sauce and I will choose that over any homemade shit. Yeah, it's the best. Like I've tried, you know, not not to knock the homemade stuff, but it's just Oh no, I'm not I'm knocking the homemade stuff. It's, it's not, not the same. No, it's I not. need that congealed cranberry that slops out in the shape of a can that I can just With slice up. Right? I need the, the it makes a difference. And you can the see ridges the ridges make it taste the better. The circle at the end of the uh, can where like yes, the indentation Oh yeah. Yes. Like, it's just the consistency is perfect. It is slightly sweet. It is tart. It and pairs it mixes well perfectly with everything, with everything. on your yep. plate. Like, it is so perfect. One year, we couldn't find uh, the, the, the normal, like, jellied canned cranberry. And we got the... Because you you, there are a couple of different types that come in the can. So you have that, you know, gorgeous, just plopping sound rigid jelly that's the same generally reserved for dog food you know the same consistency throughout the same flavor throughout then there is this stuff that has um the whole cranberries in it yep the the jelly with the whole cranberries so we had that one year and it was it was it was it was not the same it was not that it wasn't good. It just it just was not. It was it was just it was just not the it same. It wasn't. It was not the same. And I've had homemade cranberry sauce before too. And you know, grateful that that person went through all those lengths to 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 want to make a cranberry sauce. But there's just something about the stuff that comes jellied from the can with the ridges that you can slice perfectly and just mix in with all of your sides. Fits really and well on a sandwich too. Stuff, right? You can keep it in the circle or you can kind of smooth it out like jelly. Right? Like it's uh, just either way, it's it's so perfect. perfect. Yeah. So perfect. I know that like Facebook has been in debate for the past couple of weeks, you know, regarding cranberry sauce and it's just it's just, it's got to be, it's got to be the jelly. Got to be the can, yep. Jelly from the can. It's just so good. Yep. Oh, my God. I wonder, like, what the 
Guinness world record is for most cranberry sauce eaten. I'm sure there is a record for that because there's a record for everything. Oh, and speaking of cranberry, uh, Downy Cider, you know, the cider that I, I waxed poetically about, to. they have a new cranberry flavor. And oh my God, I'm actually drinking it right now. I thought that was the canned cranberry you were referring to. Well, I mean, it is a canned cranberry. <laughs> Segway. Uh, it's fantastic. If you guys can get your hands on it, it's totally worth it. It uh, is a really nice blend of cranberry and apple with the cider. Um, mm. Not super spiced. Uh, really good, really good. You know, you, obviously it's cranberry, so you have that that nice like tartness, uh, which goes really well. Like the the tart from the cranberry goes well with the tart from the apple and the cider, and everything just kind of works well together. Um, it's the it's the other cranberry in a can. Uh, it's just so good. Yeah, it's uh. It's very tasty. Like, I picked some up the other day because I happened to stop because I was looking for more blueberry. And we saw that, and you had sent me the picture of it the other day, like, mm. letting me know that that was a new release. And I was like, well, I'm getting two of these because we really enjoy Downey's Cider. It's like a, a slightly more sophisticated version of Cran Apple, like the juice. It's yes. really good. It's really good. And there's even on the side of the can uh, where they talk about it, it says the dinner table canned versus fresh cranberry debate has raged for too long. We're taking a strong stance. Enough. They're both great. You're holding proof. And there's a picture of a can of cranberry sauce. Right? It's just so good. And you know, the only time I even think about cranberry sauce really is this time of year. I think that's the way most people think about it. You know? I mean, <laughs> oh, God. It's it's just one of those staples of, you know, November. Mm. But, so uh, with that being said, we, we hope will. you all oh. have a fantastic holiday. Happy shopping on Black Friday. If you see me and out, Cyber Monday. So yes, and Cyber Monday. If we see you out, you know, have you? Good luck. Yep. Good luck. Don't uh, try and take my air fryer. Right? God damn it. I want an air fryer. I will knock you so down bad. and I will kick children in order to Can get it. Can you like air fry cranberry sauce? Probably not. It would probably just melt. I'm sure what we could. batter it? I think it would still just melt. Maybe I shouldn't get an air fryer. We're getting one regardless. <laughs> what can I stick in this? Okay, so if you have an air fryer. I'm air frying gum. If you have an air fryer and you've like experimented before, let me know because you know I'm kind of curious as to what works and what doesn't work. Air fried ice cream sandwich, it's happening. It's happening. But like that would melt, right? Nope. We've done it before. Well, we've we, regular we've fried. We've done it before. When we had our restaurant, we deep fried. Yeah, but that's ice different than sandwiches. air fry. I mean, you're a scientist. We can experiment. I'm not that kind of scientist. Sandwich scientist? Sandwich scientist. Is that what they call people who work at Subway? No, those are artists. Oh, sandwich, sandwich artists. artists. Yes. But, you know, it depends on how long you went to school for it. Like, okay. you take some of those advanced classes. So, anyways, now I'm starving. Yeah, we so, need I'm going to gonna eat. go eat. Happy Thanksgiving for those who celebrate. And we will see, see you, you next, next Thursday. Thursday.